Manna or Meatloaf, Episode 40, The Generalist General. Hello, hello. Okay, are we tired of hello, hello? (laughs) When I said that, I started thinking, maybe we need to change it up a bit. Maybe we need a, hi, it's me, or a, hey, what's up? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I'm on Mana or Meatloaf on Instagram, and I would love your suggestions, actually. Let's try that. I'm open to all kinds of suggestions. Let's let's try a little bit of feedback there. Okay, so most of my adult life, I've been surrounded by people who have fancy letters at the end of their names. My husband, as you know, is a doctor, a DO to be exact, and his brother is as well. Now, we have friends that are MDs, EMTs, DPMs. A couple of friends whose names are followed by DDS, JD, and CPA, just to name a few. Now, these letters denote that they're considered experts, right? Or have at least some degree of competence in their field. I have never considered myself an expert at anything. (laughs) Most of my offered advice, you know, is quickly followed by, but what do I know? So how's that for selling you on my podcast? It reminds me of this unforgettable billboard for a diner in Texas. It was right off the freeway on our way to Rio Dosa, New Mexico, and it said, come eat at our diner. The food's not great, but we need the business. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you better believe we wanted to try it just because of the reverse psychology. And I'm hoping that you still want to tune into this podcast, maybe for the same reason. It was actually my lack of expertise that almost stopped me from doing this podcast. And I'll never forget a conversation I had with two of my sweetest, funnest, and funniest friends, Spencer and Craig, that changed the way I was looking at it all together. Craig was telling me that I was the general of my life. A general usually commands units or plans operations. I was the one directing, planning, and carrying out those directives. I was the general and commander of Operation Kristen. Don't you love that? And the fact that I had a wide array of knowledge on a variety of subjects, whether I was considered an expert or not, made me not only the general, but the ultimate generalist. I didn't even know that was a thing. A generalist is a person with a wide array of knowledge on a variety of subjects, useful or not. Well, I guess that's me then. (laughs) My resume currently reads... I am the proud mother of four, Nana to three beautiful granddaughters, three handsome grandsons with two more on the way, yippee, and cohort to the man of my dreams. I'm not an expert at much, but I do consider myself a connoisseur of all things happy and seeker of all things wrapped in a smile. Life experience includes, but is not limited to, former New York and Paris fashion model and French speaker, Farmer, calf puller, holder of the prolapsed bovine uterus, horse mender, fence builder, tractor driver, sheep shearer, soccer dance, football tennis, track mom, and little league coach, dream author of the published romance novel, foot zone therapist, aesthetics manager, certified laser tech, podcast writer, producer, minister, cheerleader, hopeless romantic, tea party orchestrator, endless optimist, and finally, master of the run-on sentence. (laughs) Wow, that's a mouthful. As illustrated, we're each the leading experts of our own lives, aren't we? And because those lives are riddled with the experiences, joys, challenges, and lessons that are unique to us, we find ourselves with the insight and perspective that only we can share with our own unique blend of magic as a result of those proficiencies and the acquired skills that are a result of those encounters and lessons. 
Noelle Pikus Pace did a wonderful interview on All In. It's an LDS Living podcast, and it's one of my favorites. She quoted her friend, Clint Pulver, who said, quote, It's not enough to be the best in the world, but we should be the best for the world. End quote. We are the only ones that can bring our best to the world. And yet, how many of us sell ourselves short by thinking, What the heck do I know? I'm not an expert. Oh, I couldn't do that. Or, I can't make a difference. I know I have. As we begin our Come Follow Me study of the Doctrine and Covenants this year, I just love learning of the boy prophet Joseph Smith, don't you? And among so many of those reasons is I love being reminded of how the Lord uses the unlearned, simple, spiritual amateurs of the world, the non-experts, to do His work. Moses, David, Samuel, John the Baptist, the scriptures teach that they didn't feel equal to the work the Lord had in mind for them either, but it didn't stop them. In Joseph Smith's History, chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, we read, quote, And though I was an obscure boy, only between 14 and 15 years of age, and my circumstances in life such as to make a boy of no consequence in the world, yet men of high standing would take notice sufficient to excite the public mind against me, it caused me serious reflection then, and often has since, how very strange it was that an obscure boy— and one, too, who was doomed to the necessity of obtaining a scanty maintenance by his daily labor, should be thought a character of sufficient importance to attract the attention of the great ones of the most popular sects of the day. End quote. I love knowing that Joseph considered himself obscure and of no consequence, who didn't know much and didn't have the education or the means of becoming successful by the world's standards. This gives me hope. I love the saying, and I've probably shared it before, that the perfect master can use an imperfect tool perfectly. Isn't that the best? My Father in heaven knows me perfectly and can use me to do his work. He knows where my strengths lie and how best he can use this oh-so-imperfect tool absolutely perfectly. Therein lies the problem sometimes, because I have to be willing, I have to listen very carefully, and then I have to act for that to happen, don't I? I like to think I do that some of the time, as evidenced by some things that I can never deny, and a few episodes that I look back on and know they simply weren't my words or thoughts, but so many other times I know I fall short. But that leads me to another invaluable lesson I'm reminded of from my studies this week, and that is that even when we do fall short, the Lord doesn't give up on us. It's not a pop quiz that's pass or fail. We get ample time to study, and it's all open book. We get to take these tests as many times as it takes us to pass them and move on to the next course of study or the next grade. Our master professor teaches us one-on-one. I love that part. No 30-to-1 student-teacher ratios here. We can ask all the questions, and he can give us all the answers, and he teaches us according to how we learn. I love knowing that. Can you think of a better way to be taught? I was struck with the significance of the single word that opened this dispensation in our day, the single word that took a small, young farm boy, Joseph Smith, to his foreordained destiny as prophet of the Restoration. That word was Joseph. 
We read in Joseph Smith's history the account of the first vision. In 117, he recounts that, quote, When the light rested upon me, I saw two personages, whose brightness and glory defy all description, standing above me in the air. One of them spake unto me, calling me by name, and said, pointing to the other, This is my beloved son. Hear him, end quote. God the Father called this young boy that the world would consider insignificant by name. He knew him, and more importantly, he knew Joseph's divine destiny and the role he would play in the unfolding and the restoration of his gospel. So how many times in the scriptures has God spoken to man? And how many times has he addressed them by name? Do some research. I spent a little bit of time doing this, and with each recorded account, I felt a more personal connection as I imagined what it might sound like and feel like to hear God speak my name. That exercise makes me want to cry, and it fills me with love and light. I can't encourage you enough to spend some time on that very thing. God knows us more perfectly and intimately than we know ourselves, right? He knows what we can become, and He takes our five small loaves of insecurity, doubt, fear, lack of confidence, and pride. He takes the limiting thoughts like, what difference can I make? What the heck do I know? And I'm nobody, and turns them into enough bread to feed the masses. Now, you may feel small and simple. We all do. At times, your actions may feel small and simple. Some days, you may feel like the ability to paste a smile on your face is the only positive thing you can do. And if that smile raises the corner of someone else's mouth in a much-needed smile on a much-needed day, then it's not such a small thing after all. Alma in the Book of Mormon reminds us, quote, Behold, I say unto you that by small and simple things are great things brought to pass, end quote. That's found in Alma 37.6. In the October 2019 General Conference, I'm sure you'll all remember Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf's talk titled Your Great Adventure, because he taught us that hobbits like Bilbo Baggins can teach life lessons that translate into gospel principles. I loved that talk. And I read, quote, If you hesitate in this adventure because you doubt your ability— Remember that discipleship is not about doing things perfectly. It's about doing things intentionally. It is your choices that show what you truly are far more than your abilities. Even when you fail, you can choose not to give up, but rather discover your courage, press forward, and rise up. That is the great test of the journey. God knows that you are not perfect, that you will fail at times. God loves you no less when you struggle than when you triumph. End quote. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, So as the general of my life, or the generalist general, as Craig would say, I will be earning my many degrees as a student of life. There are still no fancy letters at the end of my name to resemble the years and types of formal education I endured, though I have a tremendous amount of respect for the letters of those who did. I may not always pass with flying colors, but if I remember that this life is a test, then I can use that degree and expertise in the service of God and my fellow man. You can too. And when it's all said and done, I'm quite sure that will be no small and simple thing. Have an awesome week.